Welcome to 239 Uncensored. Everything Southwest Florida and beyond with your host, Tim Jurett. This podcast covers it all. Real talk on issues from real estate to real crime. Join the discussion on hot topics to politics. Don't get left behind. Be in the know about everything Southwest Florida and beyond. Welcome, welcome to 239 Uncensored Everything Southwest Florida and Beyond. And we are way beyond today. We have the best guest in our studio, and it's awesome. We have my aunt, who is Aunt Mona, and she, believe it or not, is a nun. And the reason why I'm saying that is I have an aunt that's a nun. That's hard to believe. She's over there laughing right now. And she has been with the Daughters of Wisdom for over 50 years, 50 plus. Aunt Mona, are you having fun in the studio? What do you think? I sure am. (laughs) (laughs) I I kind of did. Did I talk you into doing this? Yes, and we are beyond the beyond. (laughs) (laughs) We're beyond the beyond. She's the coolest nun ever. Uh, We have a lot of fun together. We tell a lot of jokes, and believe it or not, I can't even tell them on the air, and we're uncensored. It's crazy. So how do you how do you like uh, being down here in Florida? You know, you come down and visit me usually once a year, hopefully. And you jumped on the plane quick. <laughs> I sure did. When he said, come on down, I said, you bet. I, <laughs> I booked it the next day. <laughs> and, and she's great. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. We go out to eat. We laugh. We joke. And she didn't even beat my fingers with the ruler or any of that stuff. No, but I'm going <laughs> to. She's, she's going to when we get home. We get home. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, when you became a nun. Why, why did you become a nun? I became a nun in 1961 or 62. My my brain is a little uh, hot from the heat down here. <laughs> <laughs> and I became a nun because I wanted to help people. And I I went to school with the Daughters of Wisdom when I was in high school. And I really liked that group. So that's how I got there. Yeah, I mean, did, when you were when, when you went to school, how were the they were wonderful. They, they didn't, didn't. They didn't beat me. <laughs> you had no. You know, I had no no permanent marks. No or, marks. No nothing. I can't believe it. Now, now I went to. Uh, I didn't go to Catholic school, but I went to like Sunday school and all that. Yes. And we had the nuns that would come in, and they used to run the program, and they used to come in, and we were t- we tightened up when they oh walked in. Oh my goodness. I mean, I'm sure you got some pretty good stories of you know how it used to be, but they were always good to you. I never had a problem. So now, obviously, my grandmother, your mother, yes, uh, Emma, Emma, Emma Jurette, yes, yes, she was. I mean, she constantly prayed for everybody. We had to be on our knees every day, saying the rosary every night. And she prayed. She prayed that for everything. We had a list as long as a mile to what to pray for. (laughs) Now, I remember my grandmother, every time we would get in the car and we'd go across town, she'd say a prayer that we would make it. It scared the <laughs> hell out of me, to be quite honest with you. I mean, even when I was like five years old, I'm like, I think we're going to make it across the town, all right. But we'll... Especially if she was driving. Oh, yeah. Oh, we needed a prayer for that. Oh, goodness gracious. But, um, yeah, so I know, obviously, there's something that's 
you know, obviously deep inside you with, you know, your religion and, and why you became a nun. Can you fill us in on that a little bit? Yes. Um, I, did, I really had a strong faith from very small when I was very young. And it never really left me. And it stayed with me over the years. So that has kept me going. The faith and my own prayer life, my personal prayer life, and also the people that I served. The people that I, was, that I served or worked with were very special to me. And um, that really kept me going. Yeah, I mean, knowing you, I've never, I've known you for, well, I'm 54, so I mean, I probably knew you when I was like two, you know, I, knew, I knew so. of you at two, you know. Um, I remember you. I don't remember ever you saying anything negative about anybody. <laughs> so it's like, we, we, we joke and laugh at people every now and then, but we'll keep we, that to ourselves. We do, you bet. <laughs> but, um, you know, you just, just when I'm around you, you just get like a strong sense of, of feeling that, you know, you're, you're just there to, to make sure things are going to be okay. You know, and that's important. Well, that's important. It is. Yeah. So when you first started, I mean, was it common? Did you have any friends in school that aspired to be a nun? Or I had several friends, but I had another friend who entered with me, but she left later and married this beautiful man, (laughs) and they had a beautiful family. Right. So, you know, a lot of your friends... um, had their own roads to journey through. So I had mine, they had theirs, but we stayed friends over the years. I've had many good, close friends. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. In the community and outside of the community. Now, how has that changed? I don't remember anybody that I know or grew up with that in kind of modern days now, I say that, not that you're like a dinosaur or anything. (laughs) <laughs> you never know. You don't know. <laughs> but in the mo- in the modern day, it's very different. I just don't see people becoming nuns. No, uh, we live in a very different world, and I mean, all you have to do is look around, look at the news. Everything, everything has changed, and it changes very quickly. In the past, it wasn't quite as um, hectic. I, I I'm saying hectic, but quick. As um, things go now. Yeah, it's amazing now. Like, things are, you know. It's very quick. You'll have a major incident, and within five minutes on the news, actually, the news gets it almost before law enforcement and EMS and personnel like that. Um, And people can serve outside of being in religious life. Sure. People, look what you people do. I mean, you're doing all of these things for children and wonderful works you don't have to be a nun or a priest or whatever no yeah no that's good yeah and we and we really on 239 and sensor we really support the charities we try to you know get them in and talk to everybody and there's just so much we can do in the community and i think if everybody does their, does their part i think it's just Definitely. makes us that much better oh yes and stronger yes maybe i got that little piece from you I don't know. <laughs> every time, every time, every every Sunday or every time we talk, I said, I'm going to please say some prayers for me. I'm going to need them. I need them. I need them. Now, um, we know it's changed a lot. Yes. You grew up as a, as a middle child, one of two girls in the family. My father's sister, I forgot to mention right. that. That's my father's sister. And you had another sister, Teresa. 
And then we had Peter and Arnold and my dad, Maynard. And some of you all have uh, remember Maynard. Yes. And uh, <laughs> what was that like growing up with those it guys? It was something else. <laughs> <laughs> were, they, were they as bad as they say? Worse. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of the things they did to you? Oh, was my it? goodness. They would make me laugh so hard. And actually, they would try to break my arm until I said, uncle, uncle. And I had to say, uncle, uncle, as your father, Maynard, twisted my arm behind my back and was determined to have me say, uncle. And, of course, I would laugh and laugh and finally I had to give in or he'd break my arm. <laughs> that's real good. His, his, oh, his younger sister. Yes. Uh, so yeah, and those guys did some crazy things, right? They, oh, they we, were... we lived like in the middle of nowhere in Caribou, Maine. That's right. There wasn't a lot to keep you real busy and like they, it is today. They'd love to throw eggs at the building. <laughs> <laughs> just, just mischievous stuff. Just, they were always into trouble. <laughs> yeah, I heard my dad like started smoking cigarettes when he was like eight. Can you tell me a story about oh, that? Oh, definitely. They had a little homemade cabin in the woods that they got together and built that for his friends and et cetera. And they would take a paper and take ordinary grass. Now, I don't mean <laughs> marijuana. I'm talking about <laughs> grass on your lawn and make a cigarette out of it and try to smoke it. That's how. <laughs> Is that how I turned out like this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we owned a, we, my grandfather owned a store. Um, my yes, grandfather passed when I, when, when he was 50 and I was, I wasn't born yet. He was young. And my dad was 19, I believe at the time. Yes. And they owned a store. So my dad told me that they used to kind of go in the store and get cigarettes and maybe a beer or two or something like that. Is that yes. possible? Uh, they probably just sneak it out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I would say yes. <laughs> uh, Without that, my father knowing. That's some, that's some funny stories. And they were like, they were roughhouse kids. I mean, and, yes. and my dad had a really good friend, Dale Bouchard. Uh, yes. And uh, those guys used to really oh, clown they, around and do a bunch of stuff. They didn't do bad things, but they were mischievous so you had to watch them. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. That's why he was always on me when I was young. So he knew what he did when he was young. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. They yeah. were up to no good sometimes. Yeah. Now, let's talk a little bit about how your, you know, how your calling has taken you through the years. Can you just give us a little rundown of when you, we know you were in Litchfield, Connecticut, for, was- for schooling, training, and how that progressed from there. From there, I went to, um, I'm trying to think. I went to Long Island. I was on Long Island for schooling. Then I went to um, Missouri and got my LPN there. I started as, when I was in Port Jefferson, I started as a nurse's aide, got my LPN in St. Louis, Missouri, where our sisters were stationed at that time. Then from there, I went went on and got my uh, two-year uh, RN at Suffolk Community on mm-hmm. Long Island. Then I went to Colorado. I went um, to Virginia. And I was there working there as a nurse. And then uh, as the years went on, I ended up in Brooklyn, New York, 
where uh, in the big city and big city the little girl from Caribou Maine in big city Brooklyn and I had I remember my heart beating as I got on the subway for the first time I thought I was going to have a heart attack I was scared to death <laughs> so now you end up in Brooklyn yes I kind of know a little bit about the story what what all happened when you went to Brooklyn a lot I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> oh yes Brooklyn was an experience um, the first few couple of years I was there, I did nursing, and I worked in um, one of the local hospitals in the emergency room, and that, I, I could tell you stories that would be unbelievable, but I'm, we're not going to go there. Right, we <laughs> are in Cesar, but yeah, no, I know, I understand. And then uh, on my vacation time, I would take, we, we'd take teenagers and bring them out to Litchfield, Connecticut, where I was trained, and we would have a camp experience for the kids who never been in the country. So the city kids from Brooklyn, you take them out to Litchfield, Connecticut, to give them the experience of what it's like to camp. You bet. Oh, that must have been a. And awesome. they were scared to death of the bugs. <laughs> the bugs. There's no bugs the, in Brooklyn, right? The, yeah, but they're scared. Crickets. The crickets. crickets yeah. Oh, yeah. They, at night they would be so scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that was a, a wonderful experience. So we did that on my vacation time. Then from there, I'm trying to think of where I went after that. And then I ended, oh, I was in Colorado. And then I went to Colorado. That's Pueblo, Colorado. Pueblo, Pueblo Colorado. I was there uh, working in a clinic as a nurse. And uh, that was a very good experience. I loved the Chicano people. They were beautiful. It was just Great place to be. Then from there, I went back to Brooklyn, where they asked us if another community, Dominican Sisters, to join, and we would start a soup kitchen. Yeah, that's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful story. You started a soup kitchen in Brooklyn, New York. Yes. All you sisters yes. from all over the world, <laughs> and you go to Brooklyn, New York, and say, we're starting a soup kitchen. Yes, and the people in the area were very, very... And it was rough then. It was, Brooklyn was rough. They were suspicious of us and thought we were a bunch of prostitutes <laughs> <laughs> when we first started. What are you women doing here? What are you doing? You told me a story of the firemen were oh, on, on wonder and they saw you ladies there. Well, they were practicing their fireman skills. Right. <laughs> And they, we came, they came to our building. We lived on the second floor. We got an apartment there. And the, they were practicing. And when they went to the second floor, one of us looked out the window. And they looked at us and said, what is that? <laughs> what are you we, guys running? We, right. What are we doing here? Prostitution so house. Had, we had to explain what we were doing there. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was uh, quite an experience. We are and nuns. We're with daughters of wisdom, sisters of Dominican, right? And the Dominican sisters. And the yeah, Dominican but, sisters. And you guys are all together. Right. And you had to explain we, it to them. We were six sisters renting an apartment. Unbelievable. So we had to explain what we are doing there. And uh, we had many, many experiences with our dear people there. They were wonderful. And uh, they got to know us, and uh, we were able to be in the area and finally be accepted. 
because that's a challenge. And we had great help from them when we opened the soup kitchen. And many, we had many stolen articles in the beginning, uh, but they took care of it. <laughs> <laughs> I said to them, look, we keep losing this big coffee pot. we got to put a stop to this. They said, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. And it was taken care of. <laughs> so the poor family had to leave the neighborhood. <laughs> so the people who took the coffee pot from the soup kitchen, it got taken care of. Yes. <laughs> I was I was wondering, like, so did you guys worry about your safety when you were there, maybe initially? Initially, we did. But as they uh, found out, discovered that we were there to really help. And that's what we did. You didn't have to worry about it at all. Now, you guys were no. like a block away from Bed-Stuy, block or two yeah, away? Yeah, yes, we were close by. So when you walked to the soup kitchen, did you guys go in teams or like after a while oh, everybody? Oh, no. You, I used to. I No, you, you could walk the streets. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, yeah, Sister Mona's feeding us. We're good. That's right. You're don't, good. Don't mess with don't it. Don't mess with it. No, it's going to be in big trouble. <laughs> I, lo- I love that story. I mean, I remember you telling me. I think you told me at one time you you saw somebody. I think it was in Colorado. You saw somebody, like, eating out of the garbage yes. can. They were, it was in a pizza place. And I saw somebody opening the garbage um, container and taking out a piece of pizza. And I was uh, just... That's what really started me with thinking, we've got to do something. Amazing, amazing story. And then you told me that you, you told me, I believe, that that soup kitchen is still operational today? It is. It is. We started, the first day we opened, we had one person. We were there for four years. By the fourth year, it was serving over 400 people a day. Wow, four hundred people, and then and you more, and then you over. and you still kind of like every probably don't really hear much about it now, but you know it's there still and it's still there. Going. It's That's under amazing. a new name, right. and the Francis, Franciscan Brothers okay. took, took it over. Okay, unbelievable, and they're still functioning. It's wonderful. Yeah, well, you know, just that connection to New York and all that. You and and you coming from Maine, a small, small, small place, <laughs> and you know. Obviously, we had a tough upbringing because of where we live, but you probably never experienced anything nearly like what you would see in oh, homelessness no. in Brooklyn. and Very, a total different world. Yeah. It's, very different. Yeah, just different. Very different. Now, currently, I've had the chance to come visit you. Uh, you live uh, in Islip? I live in Islip, Long Island. Long Island, beautiful place. Yes, I do. It's our, our headquarters. Headquarters for the... Daughters of Wisdom, yes. and then just a beautiful place. And when I got the chance to go there with my dad last fall, um, I was very, very happy to see that you guys were very well taken care of. Oh, and, yes. and you guys deserve it. You ladies all deserve Super nice. It was just crazy. Beautiful place there. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh. And you still drive. Oh, I'm like, course. oh, my gosh. Of course I, how dare you? I... <laughs> I'm like, oh, then we, I said some prayers. Uh, I'm Mona, you're taking me down to the restaurant. Can we say some prayers real quick? Oh, you're a little rascal. 
<laughs> oh, that was that was that was. You funny. sound like your father. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So on Long Island, I know you have you went to Maine first, then to help my grandmother before she passed for a couple of years well, in Lewiston. Tell you a little bit about that experience. Yeah. I, yeah. We started a program for women who were on um, borderline streetwise and um, difficult situations. And we started a program there for them. Um, that was wonderful. And that was in Lewiston, Maine. That was in Lewiston, Maine. And uh, that was a wonderful experience. We could help the women on the street. Okay. And that program is still going. Oh, As that a feels matter so good. of fact, they, um, it's so good. They bought a building and they housed the women that come out of jail. Okay. And help them get on their feet and uh, start beginning a new type of life. Yeah, assimilate back into the society. Yeah. Because, like I said, I yeah. you know me being in law enforcement as many years as I've had, usually there's they get out of jail and they're right back in because exactly. there's nothing there for them. So it's a rehab. Uh, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful. That just opened recently. That's uh, a new project. No, that's but great. But it started from. The Women's Center, we called it the Women's Center. Yeah. And then when you're on Long Island, I know you were chaplain at yes. a few hospitals. Yes. Fill us a little For bit on 17 that. years. 17 I years. Worked, wow. I worked at St. Charles Hospital in Port Jefferson on Long Island and Good Samaritan Hospital in Islip, West Islip. Now, what... As a chaplain there, what were your duties? Just basically, would you go to talk to families, talk to patients, that type of thing? Yes. Okay. And, and you would, you know, maybe go, you go, what, what, what would you do? What would your normal day be, consist of, as a chaplain? You had, uh, you were assigned different floors. So you, we might want to deal with the cancer patients who were going through uh, chemo and going through hardships. And also with uh, dying, people that are dying and their families, you dealt with them. And um, you dealt with the emergency rooms where tra trauma situations were found. Uh, you, you, were, wherever they needed you, you were call on call. And um, that was a wonderful experience. Yeah, that's a special, special job. It's a special. Because yeah, people are at their, at their worst moments in their lives and you're there to do everything you can to try and we to help needed that out. to we, you need to go to for training for that kind of thing right so i right. did do that yeah that's good so currently you're retired i don't know oh. what that all means i just <laughs> retired good, less it? less than a month ago but i know you're extremely busy doing things um you're kind of I uh, think you're worse than I am. You're doing more than uh, you're doing. A little doing bit triple, busy. Triple, triple, triple. Yeah, a little bit busy. But I know you, you help out with the other sisters because you, you yes. retire into this beautiful place. Um, a lot to keep up, though. And I think they've kind of made you the, the house <laughs> sister that takes care of everything. It's fine. And talk about driving. I do the driving. Oh, uh, you drive everybody. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, I've ridden with her and she does a great job you better say that. yeah uh, yeah no no problem but no it's it's great and i just got to tell you how special you are to me Thank and you. as a as a person and uh anytime i give you a call you always you know bring my spirits <laughs> up 
and we we say a little prayer and we talk about it and then uh I think just like three weeks ago, I said, can you come down and visit? And then the next thing I know, yeah, I'm coming. I'll be there on the 4th. I'm like, okay, we're good. We'll pick you up. I said, oh, my God, he must think I'm desperate. I got to get out of here. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. And and, and so how, we'll go back a little bit. I know being from New York, how has the COVID thing really hit you guys? Uh, it was it was Gals. a challenge, as, as you know. It was a challenge, and we lost uh, some of our sisters from it, who were in a nursing home. Um, but so didn't a lot of people, you know, uh, a lot of other people. Our neighbors, their family members died, or a friend, somebody, anyone you spoke to lost someone actually. So it's been a challenge, but now we're beginning to come out of it. I think very much like you folks are uh, doing here in Florida. It's uh, opening a little more. Yeah, I laugh because, you know, whether it's right or wrong, I see you. you still got that mask clinched. We're, like, running around like, you know, we're in Florida. <laughs> we, oh, no. You know, the we, sun's shining, killing everything. We're good. But, no, you no, guys are a, a lot still, more careful. No, we're, yeah. still, we're, we're still being careful. And you were able to get your vaccine, and you were good with that, yes. and, your, and your other sisters yes, as well? Yes, we're, okay, we're all set. Yeah, so, yeah. And that makes you feel good. Yeah, well, yes. Um, and, again, no matter, no matter what you believe or whatever, uh, just having the opportunity to get the chance to get the vaccine and make you feel safe, if that's what works for you, that's great. I, I had it. Johnson and Johnson. The next day, they said I'm going to get a blood clot. So oh, I'm like, I don't God. know if that was good or not. But, oh God! Well, Thank God you're okay, Timmy. Oh, yeah. Well, you know I had COVID. Yes. You called me I every day. You thought I was like I was at home watching movies, having a decent time, <laughs> and you thought I was you know gonna, well, not going to make it the next well, day. Well, a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> suffered from it. No, I know, oh, I know. We and pray, and we pray, and for, we pray for pray for all everybody yeah. who gets gets that. But we're doing good down here in Florida. Good. And I'm glad you're here. I got you for almost another week. Uh, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, you got to go back. But. Well, you know what, Timmy? I thank you for having invited me. It means a lot. And I know your father would love that. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And I thank you. It's been, it's a joy. Yeah. You're well, thank you joy. for being on the thank podcast. You. I, You're welcome. I talked you into it a little bit, but yes, you did. a great story. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we love you and... We're just happy that you're here visiting, and we're definitely going to get to New York and oh, see you good. again soon. You bet. Because our daughter's going yes, up there, and yes. she's going to be living in New York City. That's it's going to be exciting, wonderful. so we're going to have a good time. Good. Yeah. Can't wait. Yep. All right, 239, Uncensored, everything Southwest Florida and beyond. Thank you, Sister Mona Jurette, my favorite <laughs> aunt ever. <laughs> she's you, the Tim. best. Love you. Bye-bye. We Love you are too. out. Please make sure to download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to like and share on social media. This has been a Studio 239 production. That was fun.